Are you scared that technology and artificial intelligence is gonna replace your job? It doesn't have to be that way. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing a local real estate expert that has woven technology, social media, video, and AI all into his business, which has made him a top producer, a coach, and a mentor. If you wanna learn these secrets, stick around. You don't wanna miss it. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wallet Watch. I am your host, the Dallas Mortgage Man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate all the love and the support. As you guys know, on Wallet Watch, it's a platform where we talk about all things money, uh, all things real estate, and even get inside the life of an entrepreneur in this industry, which is why I'm excited today to bring you my next guest, because this young man is an expert in all three areas. He's a friend of mine. He's a mentor. He's a badass. Welcome to the show, my friend, Chasen J. Miles, man. What's up? It's about time, dude. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, Cool, brother. So before we get into all the topics, in case people have been hiding under a rock and they don't know who you are, anything about you, talk to everybody a little bit about you, backstory, uh, how you got in this industry, and how long you've been doing it. Sure. So, as Brian said, Chasen J. Miles is my name, and I got into the real estate industry back when I was 23 years old. It was right after I decided to move from Georgia to Texas, mm. change my life, and get into real estate. People told me not to, but I did it anyway. When I got into the business, I was doing any and everything people told me to do. I was trying to figure it out, working nonstop, and what ended up happening was I spent all my money trying to build this business. Mm. You know, that savings that you're supposed to have. I spent it all. So I remember this one day I was hosting an open house. It was my first listing. And it was probably like the 15th time I had held that home open. And it was a three-hour open house. First hour went by, nobody came in. Second hour, still nobody came in. And by that third hour, I knew that no one was coming into my open house. Mm. I remember walking and I locked the door. It was a vacant home in Oak Cliff before it got really cool over there. So just imagine a vacant home, the original wood floors, you hear every step, kind of dark, no natural light. And I walked to that front door and I locked the lock and I immediately fell to my knees, Mm. bawling my eyes out. And I was thinking about how I had just moved across the country, how I was trying to do right, I was trying to make everybody proud. All these people told me not to do it. And on top of that, what I didn't mention was my electricity was off in my apartment. And in that moment, I felt like a complete failure. And so I had to make a decision. Do I continue down this road or do I go out and get a job and try to make it work? you know, just going out there and working. Well, I had to figure out what my problem was. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, the conclusion that I came to was nobody knew me. Nobody knew me. And I didn't know anybody either. I barely knew the streets. And here I was trying to work like all these other agents that I see, but I'm not on the same, I'm not on the same playing field as them. That's what sent me on a journey through social media, building my brand, putting myself out there, as uncomfortable as it was, that's what sent me on that journey. And here we are today. I'm still on that journey. However, it's it's built not only my real estate business, it's built several other businesses. Yeah. Today, I get the opportunity to travel to different countries and states, speaking, helping other agents, um, you know, on social media, coaching clients, all that good stuff. And I attribute it all to that choice I made right there in that one moment. Good, man. I love to hear it. Gosh, if that's not a great opening story for you guys, no matter what happens, if you keep on cranking and doing it, you can end up like Chase did. I've been with him this entire way, and it's been amazing to see you grow, man. You've helped me out a lot, and everything else has been just, you know, amazing to watch. And we're only just beginning. And so here we are in 2023. Um, been an interesting year. We're at halftime right now. Um Talk to me about 23 for you. What's it been like for you? It's been a wild year for me. Kind of clunky. We've done pretty good. Had some tough spots, but we bounced back quickly. How are you feeling so far this year, and what are your plans for the back half of the year? Whew. Yeah, 2023. You know, for the last couple of years, we came off of some really 
amazing highs, mm-hmm. um, lots of uncertainty, but really amazing highs. And this year was my year of scaling. Okay. So I spent a lot of last year figuring out different things, taking on new projects. And for this year, this scaling year, it has been like a tornado, yeah. <laughs> kind of like Tasmanian devil. Like <laughs> it's It's been like that because everything started hitting all at once. You know, I was, I've been traveling a lot. Everybody's gotten back to events. So mm-hmm. I've been getting booked up nice. in addition to my real estate clients popping up, new clients popping up, referrals, you know, due to the processes that I have on the back end yeah. coming about. And in addition to the, the feeling that a lot of real estate agents are having right now about the uncertainty and I don't know what to do and the business isn't the same. And so I've had a tremendous amount of people reaching out for help, you know, because I've never experienced this before or, you know, this this uncertainty is new for me. So it's been a very wild ride um, and it's been busy, but it keeps me on my toes. And so um, second half of the year, you know, we're just grinding it out. I mean, I'm not taking on anything new. I'm I'm just working, trying to get get that, I don't know, groove going, I guess you can say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you do it best, you know, like your shirt says, you do the most. And I, I feel know. like if that's the mindset and you do that all day, every day, you're going to pop back to the top because I think this industry right now is squeezing people hard to figure out who's really working and who's not. Yeah. So happy to hear that you're back on top. Jack of all trades. I like the fact that you're back on stage doing that stuff. It's a lot of fun. I think our industry and society misses that. Um, and I feel that stuff coming back strong. So it's nice to hear people are reaching out to you. One of the things you've always prided yourself on, and I have as well, is especially during these times, you know, the extra grind. Mm -hmm. Um, Just putting in the extra work. I mean, that extra work is required at all times, but it's required in an industry that's still trying to thaw out and figure things, you know, which direction is going to go. Talk to me a little bit about, for you specifically, when you put in these major hours and you're traveling and you're scaling and figuring out the team and the courses and all this stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute, how do you go about doing a work-life balance? Is it calendar? Is it, hey, there's not one? Is it, I've got assistance? Is there, you know, what does that look like for a guy, guy like you that's doing the most all the time, but there's only one of you? Yeah, great question. For one, when it comes to work-life balance, I don't believe in it. Mm. I don't believe that work-life balance exists. Because for something to be balanced, it needs to be equal parts on both sides. And me as an entrepreneur, that's just not practical. You know, we have our business, our baby, we have our family, we have other commitments. There's no way that everything can be balanced and you're able to do the most like I do. What I do believe in is work-life integration. Mm. So it can be integrated together. Everybody on let's say my work team, yeah. they know that I have a family. They yeah. know that I have other obligations and vice versa. My family knows that I'm running a business. Sure. Okay. So with that being the case, it's not a battle for attention. Mm-hmm. It's that integration that they understand obligations exist on both sides. And when you have that network of people around you, you can better you know, prioritize what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. Yeah. And people understand. When I was trying to do a balance, it wasn't working out because it became an either or, right? And it just wasn't practical and it wasn't sustainable. Sure. So I can use all the tools in the world, all the calendars, this and that. But if you're striving for balance, you're always going to feel like you're not making it. You're Mm. not meeting someone somewhere at some specific time. So... I just integrate. It's work-life integration. It's good. I think you've integrated with people that, you know, have the same setup in their life. I, you know, work balance for me is, is obviously I've got my family life and then I've got things that I want to do to unplug when it's time for me. But obviously the people that love me and that I love and friends and family here and there, they understand like it's a 60, 70 hour a week all the time, but there's no friction there. Meaning, you know, sometimes people just grow up and they move on and we go this way and they go that way. We can still love and be good, but their 40-hour, uh, you know, work week is not for me. And I'm not looking down or they're not looking up to it. But I think when you find your tribe and you find your groove and you know the direction that you're going, there's less friction on trying to find the balance because it's really that part of life and you don't have to fight it and you don't have to really explain yourself for it. So that's nice that you've 
found that crew, found those pe people, especially in these times. I mean, while you're younger, you're in the thick of your career, you're trying to get on top and stay on top. Um, better to fight it now than be 60, sit on a rocking chair in the front and say, <laughs> man, I wish I would have. And that's what's great about our industry too and great about this era, which is, you know, uh, getting, be, becoming successful is very much like getting in shape. You know, the gym's wide open, you can go as much as you want, there are no restrictions. Now, is it easy? No, but it's simple. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you, you know, share that with everybody out there of like, hey, you know, there's no work life. You got to tilt one way. I mean, I always say anybody that's got a lot of time doesn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Anybody that has a lot of money doesn't have a lot of time, at least in the beginning, in the middle, for sure, which is where everyone's at. Um, so I think it's a good mindset to have, but getting people around you to understand and support that and support the journey is crucial for you or for anybody that wants to take that to take that journey on. Um, so you had mentioned earlier kind of what led you to get out there was exposure of like, hey, man, I'm not doing what these other agents are doing. People aren't seeing me here and there. And so I know even before I flipped the switch in 2019, you had flipped the switch early. And this is one of the, you know, many things that obviously I look up to you on. But, you know, you were on the video social media game before everybody. So I want to start there. Okay? I want to say what what took Chase into the fact to go, huh, video is the next thing. People don't recognize it. I see it. I'm gonna get out there and get ahead. And not only did you get on the video and the so, so, social thing, I mean, you had like discords and coaching and marketing stuff. And like, it almost feels like 1995, like you were years <laughs> ahead of it, which I give you mad props for. And I kind of piggyback on a few things here and there, but what got you to the point to see that and then start it? And then we'll kind of talk about the journey from then until now. Sure. So specifically with video, I, I wasn't a master or even comfortable with that. And what actually got me going was at the beginning of my career, I didn't have this network. You know, I was trying to make it. And I got invited to a mastermind. Mm. Um, two buddies of mine at the time invited me to this mastermind in Vegas. And it was a three-day event where it was supposed to be all around social media, yeah. right? What it was truly about was lead generation using social media, which I wasn't that familiar with. So using platforms like Facebook and YouTube for lead generation. So the first couple of days, it was just talking about social media, talking about lead generation and everything like that. And on that third day, they said that we're going to go downstairs. We were at the Aria Resort. We're and, gonna and what year was this? This was 2015. Gosh, man, you were so far ahead of it. Okay, so 2015, you're in the Aria, first dipping your toes in the water on the video piece. Yeah, yeah. In the Aria, this is my first time in Vegas, by the way, but um, so the mastermind is- <laughs> There's another story for another podcast, but we'll stick to the video now. Uh, we're, in this, we're, we're in this penthouse okay. suite, um, and they say, we're going to go downstairs, find a nice quiet place, and we're going to shoot these lead generation videos. So that whole elevator ride down, I'm sweating bullets. Sure. I'm, I'm shaking, right? Just the thought of recording a video. We get down there. No quiet places, by the way. Mm. And we're out there with these iPads. This was the era before selfies, before it was acceptable. Right. And we're having to record these videos. I was so uncomfortable. Every word was, a sh was shaky, stuttering. Yeah. I couldn't remember anything. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, as uncomfortable as this made me, there has to be something good with this. Right. And I was at that point where it was like, what else do I have to lose? Sure. So I challenged myself. I said, all right, for the next couple of days while I'm here, I'm just going to record videos. I'm just going to film videos. I didn't have a purpose. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a goal with it. It was just something that I had to do. Just going off the hip, pushing yourself. Exactly. Got it. So then I got back to Dallas and I started doing car videos, right? Mm. All the time that I was doing this, I did not think anybody was going to be watching them. However, I said, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to do it. One day it'll pop off. I wasn't getting that evidence of success early on with that, but I got to keep doing them. I got to keep doing them. And then over time, people started watching. Yeah. And when people start watching, they start asking questions. Mm -hmm. When they're asking questions, that gives me more content and more ideas to put out there. Not only that... Since I didn't stop and I've always been consistent with it, on the flip side, real estate agents are seeing me 
And they're watching me literally build a business. So they're seeing the office changes, the brokerage changes, the client closings and stuff. Like they're watching it in real time as it's happening. And then the narrative became, hey, Chasen, can you help me do it too? That's what led to the coaching. And, you know, it was just out of the kindness of my heart. I was like, yeah, 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 I can help you. I can help you. It's fun. You know, you you start seeing it work and other people come to you. It makes you feel good. And that's a give back mentality. And then it starts to compound even more because you know something's there, not only for you, but the outside world starts tugging at your coat and saying, hey, by the way. Yep. Yep. And I'm just that guy. I was trying to help everybody. Then I realized I couldn't. Yeah. And so I started charging. I started creating different ways of access, um, like any good businessman, put a plan to it, start ca- capitalize on it and figure exactly. out who your target audience is, who your target audience isn't. Um, but early on, you said you had no evidence. It was just a, you believed, you believed and you just kept pouring into it. And eventually the first thing goes, Bloop, and then you liked it. Somebody else saw it. And that's how you really got there. So doing the video stuff, I mean, obviously to your point, you know, you got to be consistent on it. Um, you were way, way, way ahead in the times, which I think is really, really good because early on, there wasn't much competition. Um, you know, there wasn't so much uh, the need and the desire and the anxiety to catch up, which I think people now are like, oh man, you know, if I get out there, it's going to take me forever here and there. You really set the pace on that, which is, I think is, you know, super cool. I mean, you've had your YouTube channel for what, a decade? I mean, mm-hmm. I remember seeing you on YouTube in 2020 or 19, whatever, and I was like, I don't even know what YouTube really is. Mm-hmm. And you already on there had a bunch of subscribers and things were we're going. So once you once you found out that video worked for you, meaning you got comfortable with it, but then you realized obviously it was working for clients and it was working for partners, but then you started to see other people in the industry say, hey, I like this, this, this is working. It turned into, a, okay, there's a way to expand this, be specific, monetize, and that's where you kind of extended yourself um, since then until now, as far as the video stuff, the coaching, helping others. So you mentioned something early was like, hey, I realized I couldn't help everybody. Yep. So when you have the knowledge and the scope of work in your head as far as you actually do, or as, as far as you actually are now, talk to me kind of like, what did you realize when you started to get in your lane and realize there was demand for it? What are the pros and the cons you've been dealing with then up until now as far as being a video person, as far as being online? What are you feeling and what are you seeing and how do you deal with the good and the bad? Hmm. There's, there's both in everything. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's let's start with the good. Because everyone can imagine what the good is. Sure. There's opportunities with it. Um, I get lots of opportunities, features, TV, speaking, money. There's there's wide opportunity for it. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that, you know, there's kind of no rules. There's kind of no rules. Mm. And you mentioned me being ahead of it or yeah. this and that. I didn't know what I was doing, by the way. So I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know a strategy. I didn't know right versus wrong. It was just figuring stuff out, seeing what happened, this, that, and the other. And if anything, I think that that gave me the comfort or it made me comfortable doing it because there wasn't really much that I was comparing Mm -hmm. to, right? Um, What I see today which now we're getting on the bad, is everyone's comparing themselves to someone. Sure. Everyone's comparing me to someone, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and it becomes almost like a handicap that a lot of agents or entrepreneurs feel like they can't get on social media mm. because I'm not this person, I'm not that person, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do that. We all started not knowing, you know, for instance, take TikTok. TikTok just got here. Sure. Right. So TikTok isn't even that 10, 20 year YouTube thing. It's those people when it got here decided to hop on it and figure it out. I've talked to many agents regarding TikTok. Again, it hasn't been here long. Guess what they're telling me or guess what they were telling me at the time? Uh, That's for kids. Uh, That's this. That's never going to pop off. And that's been the narrative for a lot of the platforms. Mm -hmm. So I don't really respect the complaining. Because I think that it's just an excuse. And unfortunately, in our industry, we tend to be behind the curve yeah. a lot when it comes to things like this. Another thing, criticisms, right? How about that? A lot of people are afraid of other people talking, afraid of the chatter. What are they going to think? Mm-hmm. What are they going to say to me? And trust me, I've had my share 
of yeah. criticism. When you're out there like that, I mean, there's no way with that many eyeballs that somebody's not going to come correct and try to say something about it. Whether it be right or wrong, that's why I was saying, like, you know, explain to everybody what you've gone through because I think people just see the end game, but they don't see the in-between. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone through people talking crap, of course. I've gone through people reporting my accounts. I've gone through people who I looked up to finding out about opportunities that I had and going behind my back trying to get me removed or trying mm. to get me taken off the stage, get me replaced with them. You know, it just, it it never stops, True. right? And it does come with the territory. But see, one thing about criticism specifically is that all criticism is incredible, right? And oftentimes when I receive criticism or when I have those types of things happening to me, I'm not looking at it like I'm looking at a mirror. I'm looking at it like I'm looking at a window. Mm. So it's not reflecting back on me or what I'm doing. It's telling me a lot about them, right? I'm seeing them. Is this person doing this from a place of, of hate or of, of care are they doing it from a place of experience trying to save me from something, sure. you know? Or are they doing it from a place of love? I'm, I'm looking at all of that. And from there, that's when I'm deciding how I want to react to it, if I even want to react to it, right? But with this, with this social media game and everything that comes with it, I mean, oh, a laundry list of stuff. I mean, literally, people, someone buying bots to go to my profile just to be able to get it like demonetized or get it shadow banned, just ridiculous stuff like that. Folks, that spend that time on your own <laughs> brand and yourself. If you work that hard on sales and yourself, you'd be fine. Don't spend extra time in the dark trying to knock somebody else down. It's not good. Yeah, but see, here's the here's the thing with that that I want people to be able to take away from this because, like you mentioned, all of this comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna have people talking, doing this. It comes with the territory. Before you go down this road, you have to know your own worth. Yeah. You have to know your worth. And not only just know your worth, you have to be secure in your worth and what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. With that being the case for me, none of that stuff gets to me. Yeah. And it won't get to me. You've grown thick skin. I have. You've grown up and you understand, to your point, like not every voice counts. And you know yourself and you know your lane. And now I think you've developed the skill to understanding where you absorb it, where you don't. And I think that's made you into keeping your head straight on more so you can continue to march that down this path. Yeah, yeah, you know, and one last thing I'll say about this is it's it's very easy <clears throat> for us as human beings to put more focus on the negative side of things. For sure. The criticisms, what this person said. But I've received a tremendous amount of, I mean, Things people have told me that they literally have never told anyone else. You've changed my life. I was about to commit suicide. The fact that you answered your phone, right? People standing in front of me, grown people, men and wow. women, wow. tears in their eyes, right? I've experienced that too. And so who I'm making the content for and what I'm doing on social media, right. it's for those people. It's not for the haters, the critics, the yeah. none of that. Because I know that I'm making a bigger difference, pos a positive difference, sure. that I don't want to give up, and I'm not going to stop. Well, you're making music for your fans. If other people don't like it, cut the radio off. Exactly. That, that's the bottom line, that, yeah. right? I mean, that's, yeah. just, that's where you're like, if you don't like it, like Connie says, if you don't like it, fine, fast forward, I'm doing me. Right. And I think as you get rooted more in who you are and on your path, you know who belongs to you and who doesn't. But for those that don't, don't like it, don't, don't waste the time. I'm not going to waste my time spitting back. Yeah. Um, I think that's really good. So... Let me transition into something else. I always have the mindset as a business per person, it's the evolve or die, meaning like things turn the corner quickly, whether it be social, whether it be AI, we'll talk here in a minute. Since you were ahead, put yourself in someone's shoes today, put yourself in Ch Chase and Susie today, this 25, 30, 35, 40, whatever, whether they got time in the industry or not, they're in the beginning of the video. And what I find, especially on the lending side, is that too many people are behind, they have excuses, or they're uncomfortable, they're back at square one where you were in 2015, but I'm always like evolve or die. Make that cold call, shake that hand, shoot that video, because the industry and evolution of it, it's gonna squeeze people out. So how do you how do you think 
people should take the approach. If they're like, hey, I'm not trying to be somebody that I'm not. I'm still going to be who I am and organic and authentic, but I've got to get started in the video game because obviously, look, five years ago till now, a lot. Now, all the way till 2028, it's going to be 100x. So what would you say to the guy or the girl out there, realtor, lender, anybody here and there, not trying to pretend to be somebody that they're not like, hey, I just got to make this normal in the business. I got to get started. Do they go, do they get a YouTube channel? Do they do selfies at home? Should it be educational? Should it be house tours? Should it be, what would you think would be small baby steps to get it in people's day to day because it's helped you a ton. They know they're, they're not going to run there, but if they want to start walking. Great question. So the one thing that I always tell everyone, start where you're most comfortable. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who I speak with, they're comfortable on Facebook, okay? <laughs> a lot of older people who I That's speak okay. with. That's <laughs> okay. I get it. I get it. So they're comfortable on Facebook. Me, I barely do anything on Facebook, right? Me too. It's, it's, it's just not my it's thing. It's there because we've had it for so long, I'm not going to cut it off, but it's like I'm not going there. But, exactly. Okay, so just find your zone mm -hmm. regardless of what it is. Exactly. That's step one. Yes, because, you know, you try to learn another platform, it's going to set you back even longer. So start there. The beautiful thing about social media today, which is very different from when I started, is there's more freedom and there's there's not as many rules as people think that there are. Mm. So just for example, back when I started, there was not a lot of real estate agents making videos. So there was a lot of, oh, he can't say that, or that's not professional, or who is this guy actually doing a video? That's not a headshot. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it was just all kinds of stuff. Now today, you can make a video about anything mm -hmm. and tie it to your business. So I'll I'll tell you an example, right? I will create like cooking videos. Yeah. They have nothing to do with a house or anything like that. But while I am there cooking in the video, making this, I am talking about business. Sure. Right? It's a weave-in. It's a weave-in. So I'm taking this comfort zone of mine. And now I'm weaving my business in there. The, the cool part about this is there's a ton of agents that do the house tours, the open houses, the this, that. We don't necessarily need any more of that. Right. What people are looking for today is that authenticity, mm -hmm. right? And don't try to mold yourself to be authentic in an uncomfortable environment because yeah. you're going to struggle with that. Be authentic in where you're comfortable, whether that's the kitchen or your living room or on the couch. I had a student of mine. She recorded a video on the couch. She's in her pajamas. Um, she's she's probably like over 40, right? Yeah. She's in her pajamas, end of the day. She records a video. She talks about real estate a little bit. She hits me up the next day. She was like, I posted that video. You won't believe it. Someone actually reached out to me. I got a lead. I I, I can't believe it. I can't explain it. And I told her, I said, stop trying to explain it. Right. You were just being a normal person. Someone connected with you. They yeah. resonated with you. And, and, and that's how it happens today. So baby steps, getting started, for one, start with where you're comfortable. Okay. Okay. Number two, work within your comfort zone. Right. On an activity within your comfort zone. And number three, be yourself. Be authentic. Don't look at my profile, his profile, anybody else's profile. Whatever knowledge you have, talk about it. Talk about it. It mm -hmm. will hit with the right people. Your audience isn't everybody. I think it's good, too, because you tell people, I mean, basically what you're saying is keep it simple, keep it real, keep it organic. And I think that's good advice for people because people get in their head. They're concerned, like, what well, should I just be you? Be you and just find your space and then slowly grow one inch at a time until you get to a space where you can transition out. But I love the fact you're talking about the cooking stuff too because I think what video needs now, it needs a variety. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of house tours. There are lenders talking about rate programs. But like that's fine and dandy, but we need some more things on the shelves. And as opposed to somebody trying to reach for something that they're not, just step over to, hey, I like to cook. I like to play golf. I'm with my kids. You can weave back. But I think people like to see all those colors of people all the way through to know that they're real. But if they step into something that's organic and they can talk about and it's authentic, it makes them even more relatable to the people. And that's where you ultimately attract more clients. 
Um, I think that's really, really good if people are paying attention to that stuff at home. So that's the Evolver die from chasing for you guys on how to get started to keep it going. I think over time, things will change and you'll have to make the switch. But I think starting where you're comfortable, simple and organic and authentic is a nice way because people can really be present. They don't have to think about what they're supposed to do. They just do. Yeah. Uh, and eventually you'll do the most. <laughs> <laughs> don't think, just do. I say it all the time. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you about technology. So I'm a big technology guy. Obviously, you've been really ahead on the, on the video game. Again, I've kind of piggybacked on you in the technology piece. Um, how do you personally keep up with technology to keep up with the times to make sure to stay ahead of it, but be able to maximize it in your business for yourself and for clients? Yeah. Um, I'm a nerd when it comes to technology. You know, just, me too. Just plain and simple, I'm a nerd. So um, as I am watching videos, whether on TikTok or YouTube, Got it. and I see someone talking about something that sounds kind of cool, I my my antennas go up, and mm. I want to know more about it. That's what started to happen with AI, um, and it's and it's not because of what they're doing on it. But my mind immediately goes to how can this be used in my business to maybe make us more efficient, to maybe solve a problem that we have, to make our customer service better? You know, how can this be applied within the business? And I know that I've sent you messages sometimes and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got to check out this platform because my mind went to this will allow me to deliver better messages to the clients, yeah. you know. This will allow me to deliver better content over time. And so it's not that I am experienced in it or that I know it in and out. It's more so I'm very inquisitive uh -huh. and I desire to know how to use it and how I can use it instead of resisting it. You know, I think that's smart. I mean, that's how you leverage it for your business. My take on technology is don't be fearful of it. Learn it, throw a saddle on it, figure out how you can put it in the business to leverage it to make it better for you and the clients. And I think when people take that approach, there's not a fear factor of, oh my gosh, I can't learn this or, oh my gosh, you got to replace me. It's like, no, for me, that's a bolt on. Hey, I saw it on the Apple commercial. I saw it on the medical technologies commercial. Mm, that looks cool. How could I make it work as a lender? How could I make it work as an agent? And then that you find the, the weave in of, hey, this is a great product. It's a great service. I'm not concerned about it replacing me. It's the, the old line that, you know, technology is never going to replace human beings. It's just going to replace the human beings that refuse to evolve with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the big component. And that's why every time something comes out, you and I grab a saddle and we jump on it. Even if we get bucked off, we're not going to get run over and we're not going to stand on the sideline because I think that's where people end up getting run over is they stand on the sideline so long and they have their head in the sand and they're fearful and they look up five years later and it's like, oh, I don't have any video. I don't have any AI technology. Then, even though mentally they know they got to catch up, they're so overwhelmed that they don't even want to get started and then they're behind and they just stick to the old school stuff and it doesn't work. And so I like the fact that you've been ahead on that. You you appreciate the technology piece. I do, do do the same thing. I'll see stuff online, whether it be TikTok or YouTube or whatever. I'm thinking that's cool. And I'll mention people on the team. I'll screenshot for myself, but I come back and just dump it on the boardroom and just say, all right, cool. I need this. I need this. Weaving it all in, which brings me to my next one. So the hot topic now that I think is going to be hot for a decade, which again, you've been a helper for me on, you're continuing to is AI. Mm -hmm. AI is here to stay. It is not playing around. It started the teasing with the chat GPT stuff, which is great. But then it moved to like, you know, uh, the, the the voice cloning, everything here and there. And so, you know, obviously you've helped me currently with the AI stuff on the back and we're getting better. I see what you see. I see opportunity. Mm -hmm. I see scale. I see better for the experience, for the client, for the partners, everything in between. I'm thinking, hey, how can I get all this inside my beehive, my, my, my beehive? And so that way I can have everything that I need to move faster, quicker, more efficient with everybody. So I want to stay on AI for a minute. Um, you know, talk to the crowd a little bit about as an agent in your coaching program, discords and stuff we're going to get to here in a minute. What are you using AI for and how has it helped you and the people that are involved in the group the most? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love AI. Okay. So, Me too. Um, how I'm currently using AI. Well, I'm of course using ChatGPT. Okay. Um, ChatGPT is great. I've I've really learned how to use it, and it saved me a lot of of time. <laughs> saved me a lot of time. So I use ChatGPT as kind of a base for everything. Okay. I have now moved on to using AI to create presentations. <gasps> so 
listing presentations, buyer presentations, which prior to, I never had a customized presentation for each client. Totally. But it's so cool now, literally when a client feels like you've put together a proposal for them, when I've literally done it in less than two minutes. Sure. Um, So I've been using AI for that. I've been using AI for content creation. So social media, that's been a big one. Um, and I and I tell people, I tell my students, like you mentioned, I say, y'all have no excuse now. Right. There is no excuse. You have a tool that can help you, that can literally chop your videos up, add captions, sure. tell you which ones will rank higher than others, give you the transcript. What's your excuse now? I think the excuse is I don't know how to work it. Like everything, same thing with the video, I don't know how to work it here and there. So I feel like people optically see what it can do, but then they go, okay, I got to slide in these shoes. I got to sit down and learn this. I got to do blah, blah, blah here and there. But it's the same thing of like, you know, next year there's going to be another version of, I don't know how to work it. So at what point do you say like, you got to learn how to work it? Well, here's here's what I want to challenge everyone for the, I don't know how to work it. Everything that I just mentioned has come out in within the last couple of months, like yeah, six months. two to three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know how to work it. Yeah. I didn't know how to work it. But guess what? They had a website that was set Correct. up with the steps on there. Okay. So I don't know how to work it is a cop out at this point sure. because right now with AI, there's a lot that I don't know. But the reason why it seems like I am way ahead is because I'm just figuring it out as it presents itself. Sure. Whereas most people are using the I don't know how to work it. Show me. How can I do it? How are you do- like? I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm figuring it out and I'm seeing how I can apply it. Now, for me, that keeps me in a good position because sure. as long as I try to keep figuring it out, then there's always someone there who's going to want to learn from me yeah. so that they can hop in. But I don't know how to work it. That's that's everybody right now. None of us really know. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you're staying up with it. You're doing your best. I don't know how to work it because I tell people like, you know, when you get in the space of I don't know how to work it, flip the switch. The switch is now you're on a game show and you got 24 hours to figure out how to work it. And the person that gets the close to working, it gets $100,000 cash. Now people lean in and go, oh, I'm going to work it. Well, the truth of the matter is the same ability to learn how to work it and scale is there. It's just a trigger in their mind that was 100 grand cash versus there's not. So to, to, to your point, what people have to do is lean in like you do a little bit and stay up with it. I don't know how to work it for two years. Is I don't know video. I don't know TikTok. I don't know whatever. Before you know it, you're, you're in the, I didn't know how to work at cemetery Yeah. <laughs> without income and all of that. And that's the part I want yeah. p- p- people to know. It's these small bite sizes over a long period of time that add up and you look back and you're like, man, I'm behind. But then on top, top, top of that, like your competitors, they get faster and better and better. And they're using all these tools to maximize everything for them. Um, I agree. I think AI is just, it's incredible. It's sick. Uh, we're trying to put it in our business as fast as we can, thanks to you and some other ideas I've got here and there. But when people say, I don't know how to work it, I would just encourage them to say like, dude, to your point, there's no excuse. You can get on YouTube and type in how to work ChatGPT, how to do your first 10 prompts, how to figure out that it done. It's like, you're not going for perfection, just 1% yeah. better on these things because you also want the mindset of like, not only what to do for your business, but you want the mindset of like, when there's something new, I have the audacity and the mindset to step in and try to figure out from a self-agency standpoint how to work it and maximize it to get it all done. Same thing happened with iPhones. Same thing with all this. Like, But, you know, you can't stay behind. And I think you leaning in, even if you know, like, today might be a screw-up and this might not be work and the voice calling might not work. It's okay, right? It's okay. But people need to stay with it almost like a shadow in their business all the time to know this is the way that leaders get ahead. This is the way they scale. This is the way two people capitalize and monetize on this stuff we're going to talk about in a minute. Which is, I don't know how to work it, but I'm going to stay up with it. And here's how. One hour at a time. One click at a time. A little bit of free game for an agent out there. If they're in chat GPT, they know what it is. What would be two to three easy things they could start with? So, hey, they go on night, they go to the website, open AI, chat for whatever it is. What are a couple easy, simple prompts to get them started? I want to give people baby momentum to crack their mind. And then what happens is when they're on tonight watching it, it's going to make them feel like, ooh, this is good. And you give them a real rhythm. So what are the couple things you started with that you're way, way past now, but the beginner at home can literally do it in 24 hours to pick up some stuff and get some momentum in that area? Yes. 
Great question. Man, I'm so glad you asked me that. Okay, so two things. I'm going to tell you two things. Well, it's one thing, but it's two different things. So the first thing that you want to do in ChatGPT, OpenAI, is you want to create some identities. Okay, you want to create an identity for yourself, and you want to create an identity for your business. When you do that, those are the only two kind of windows you're going to work out of. So the way to create an identity, the prompt is simply, you are now in GPT. You will think like me. You will talk like me. You would reason like me. So I want you to ask me any question that would give you all the knowledge you need to become me. And then ChatGPT is going to ask you a bunch of questions and you just answer them how you normally would, you know, and it's going to say things. What do you enjoy? What do you do for work? Just normal stuff. Yeah. Okay. Then in that same prompt, you're going to train it on how you talk. Okay. So you're going to say, now I want you to learn my voice, my tone, my speech, my style. Okay. What you're going to tell it, it's going to ask you questions. All you're going to do is go to your social media profiles. So if you've written stuff on Facebook or Instagram, just copy what you've written from your captions. Copy your email text. Just randomly put it in there. It doesn't have to be a story or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Transcribe a video you've made. It's just learning how you talk. Okay. Once you've done that, you have that identity for yourself. Now you can tell it, write me a script for this. Write me a caption for this. And it's going to speak like you. It's going to talk like you. Now you're going to do the same thing for your business. You want it to learn everything about your business so it can create an identity. See, I'm a mortgage guy in Dallas and da-da-da-da-da, and so it gets that. And it's just feedback, 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 yep. data, and it gets better and better and better and more like and kind. And it's going to ask you questions, you know, who are the type of people that you help? What do they want? What's their income? Like, it's going to ask you all of that. Mm-hmm. Once it has that information, now you have that business identity. So as you go to create content, whatever it is, you don't have to worry about retraining it every single time yeah. you get in there because it's already there. So that's the absolute first thing I would tell anyone to do in chat GPT. And then after you do that, just run wild with it. Yeah. Because it's like once you ter- once you teach it Spanish, it knows Spanish. And so therefore, it's not going to be confusing where it's just how much of a polished Spanish speaker mm-hmm. do you want it to go. But that's how, folks, if you're listening out there, I mean, that's so much free game. It probably taught him months to figure all this out. You can fast track yourself, which is, hey, build it out and prompt it and talk about the identity of who you are. Same thing on the business piece. Then you start getting into specific questions of write me a listing for 123 Main Street. Give me a YouTube script for the top five reasons why it's now's a good time to buy in Dallas here and there. And it's pulling from something that actually has data versus just outer space. And this is why why you want to get that um, artificial intelligence component of you and the business close to you so that way when you're asking it for help, it's pulling from things that it has knowledge and actually hard data from, which is why you have to talk to it back and forth for a long period of time. Kind of like if a child can't speak and then once they get to a year and they speak, you know, it's like, you know, one sentence, two sentence, three sentence here and there, but then you start speaking to them and things they're aware of, ball and food and stuff. Here and there. It's the same thing. But for you, you can just sit back there and program it, get it started. But the quicker it gets better, the faster it gets better on more and more stuff. And this is where you start to weave in of like, you know, we'll have some fun with the dark side on it in a minute of like, once things get good, then you start figuring out how much you can compound in the business everywhere. But as AI ca- ca- catches up with even more of each industry, you can do presentations, you can do voice cloning, you can do all kinds kind of stuff here and there. Do you think people are hesitant to use AI because they think about like 2030 and robots climbing up the building? Or do, do you think people are hesitant because they're just like, I just don't want to learn something else? That's a great question. You know, I think that the chatter right now is about, oh, robots are going to take over humans. They're going to steal your jobs. But I think everybody knows in the back of their mind that, like, this can help me in some way or another. Correct. And it's with that that I feel like once people start to dabble into, say, like, ChatGPT, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know ChatGPT could do that, and this sure. is amazing, you know, and then you start to just run with it. Um, but it is one of those things, you know, and there are other things in the, I don't know, universe, in 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 our society that we had that same thought about before, sure. you know, the Internet and then Facebook and then YouTube, you know, 
I don't want people and camera phones. I don't want a camera Alexa in in your house. The thing is listening. But look how we've adapted to it because it's helped with our quality of life in some kind of way. Um, When it comes to AI, I think it's a similar. I think it's similar. It's the same thing back to evolve or die. The scary part about AI is it's going to 10x the speed. Meaning people had to get comfortable learning Airbnb because they're like, oh, no, I don't want somebody sleeping in my sheets. But in the meantime, I can make 3x my rent or 3x my home. And so they got comfortable with that. But it was at their own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, AI is at its own pace. And like, I mean, from here to the moon, quick. And when real big business people start to integrate this stuff into their business brick by brick, month by month, you don't want to get too far behind. And that's what I want to encourage people down there is like, hey, man, you've got to get something. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to be at the front of the pack. You just don't want to be at the back of the pack, especially in an industry like ours where it's fast paced. You communicate with people. Everything in this space is quick touch point, high touch point, success, customer service, blah, blah, blah. You can't mainly as a human being dig that hard and communicate that much, right? Yeah. And so in order to people to give the efficient extra piece of you, the extra is the video, the extra is the AI, the extra is chat GPT doing all this stuff where 10 years ago, you take a PowerPoint, you have to change every single one, four or five hours. Now it's code it, script it, prompt it, done, bloop, beautiful. And so it's like, imagine if you were running a brokerage mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, here's your template, you gotta manually change it, blah, 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 or like, type in these prompts and it does it literally in three minutes. I mean, you've just not only saved so much time, so much more professional and efficient, but you change the game for everybody. And then all that stuff becomes attractive. And that kind of leads me into one of the big last points that I want to talk on with you, but I'm going to stay on this for a minute is, you know, all this knowledge you've acquired, everything that you've been ahead on, everything you've done for your own brand, for others and all that, you've developed such an incredible online presence. You've been successful with it personally. You've been successful professionally. I know you've been obviously successful in the money money make an area of it. Talk to everybody a bit about, you know, it starts with yourself, but then you get to a place to almost where you're like a mentor for folks and you're like a coach in all, all these areas. Uh, with that online presence, you know, in the di- digital world, talk about where you're at today. Um, I guess start with maybe, you know, what does your online presence look like? What platforms are you, you using? How does it all work? And how many people are you currently helping and co- coaching at this time? Sure. So online presence, we are well over half a million across the board as far as followers, subscribers. Gosh, um, half a million. Yeah. That's incredible. And that's the subscribe number. When it comes to views, I want to say it's five and a half million on YouTube, um, two or three million on TikTok. And yeah, so there's definitely watch engagement reached there. Um, but I don't create a tremendous amount of content. I distribute a tremendous amount of content. Hmm. So I'm not in front of a camera all day. I'm not having a camera follow me around or anything like that. But I do have purposeful conversations. I do have things that happen within my business that um, we film. We don't necessarily know how we're going to use it at the time, but we just capture this stuff, right? And so once I do that, then we distribute it. Um, My anchor platform is YouTube. So everybody has an anchor platform. You remember I said earlier, like, start where you're most comfortable. Well, obviously, I started on YouTube. So put the things there first, and then we distribute it out to other places. Um, And yeah, I mean, we use the AI tools out there for captions. It's it's definitely saved a lot of time. Yeah. Um, We have a full process for someone wanting to receive coaching, whether they just want to be a part of the community or they want to actually get a program or do they want one on one or group um, coaching. So there's different levels to it. Within my um, coaching company, Power Unit, we have a specific set of pillars, Mm -hmm. right? And so everybody has to start out with those pillars, whether you're coming in, you know, just as a spectator in the community or you're receiving one-on-one coaching. We call it the Power Unit DNA because everybody is going to be speaking the same language and knowing like what those core principles are 
that we all follow. So the prerequisite classes, no matter the level you get in, got to go through and pass to make sure everybody's set on the same page. Then people start to expand and grow under all your stuff, depending on the direction they want to go. Exactly. That's yeah. really good. Um, and so it all starts with that basis of real estate agent entrepreneurship. Um, I've put out a lot of content about a lot of different things, credit, money, cars, homes, businesses, this and that. But everything goes into the same program. Mm -hmm. And we are very selective about who we allow into the actual like one-on-one, -on -one, we call it the apprenticeship. So you have to be at a certain place within your business. It's not cheap, right? And you gotta be teachable. You gotta be coachable. You yeah. gotta fit all of that. Um, but prior to that, no, there's a wealth of information. There's the community. So there's other people you're gonna learn from until you're ready to get to that point. And you have Discord groups, community groups, all of this stuff all throughout the, the United States, not just in Dallas or oh, Texas. Oh, yeah. Texas. Yeah, it's all over. And are you teaching? So, I mean, for people that, that are watching, it's called Power Unit. Is that what they, they, yep. they, they need to find you? So, who is your target audience? Who comes to you the most? Is it realtors? Is it lenders? Is it entrepreneurs? All the above. Who's the meat and potatoes of the group? It's mostly realtors. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly realtors and um the ones that I work more directly with mm -hmm. in the apprenticeship, they tend to have a team or a small team or interested in starting a team. Average time that they've been in the business is anywhere from 10 to 20 years. Um, they make decent money already, right. but they're having a hard time scaling and adjusting to a lot of what we've been talking about today. Yeah. You know, um, Since they've been in the business a while, they you know, have their way of doing things sure. that a lot of us don't do today. Not that it doesn't work, but they see where it's going. Sure. And they want to learn from someone like me who who's doing what they want to do. So um, those are the people who I work more closely with. The newer agents, we tend to put them through the power unit coaching. Um, so they're going through the actual courses and learning how to get their real estate business going. Mm. Um we have group calls where they're able to come in with the actual apprentices and network with everybody. Then I do impromptu trainings and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's something for everybody. However, it's mostly real estate agents. Actually, as a matter of fact, we stopped stopped accepting people who weren't real estate agents because we're just doing. Right. A focus on that right now. And so you've got different levels and things underneath this, which is, hey, if you're an entry-level agent, obviously you have your prerequisite, but you go here. If you've been in the business for a while here, if you're doing no, 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 what you're doing, I'm sure you're teaching team building and AI and all these things. So it's not just fixed to one thing. There's a flavor underneath the umbrella for everybody. It just depends on tenure, direction, plan, and all that. And depending upon that piece, they go here, 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 or there. And obviously you guys continue to do it. Is it a monthly thing, a yearly thing? What does it look like? Yeah, so um, in the apprenticeship, that's a six-month commitment, so it's a six-month transformation. Those are the ones that I am meeting with um, almost weekly, one-on-one. -on -one. So it's a six-month commitment for that. For the digital courses, it's lifetime access for it. Um, for your just power unit community membership, that's a month-to-month. -month. So it's Got not it. a contract. Gets you into the Slack channels, gets you into the group calls, things like that. Um, but it doesn't get you, you know, the one-on-ones sure. or the actual programs. But it's a great place to get your feet wet, learn the lingo, see what top agents are doing and experience that. Um, we and even find a community of people, too, that you can talk with outside of it. That's one of the things that people think, hey, I get in there, I'm learning this from Jason, but then when the coaching thing's off, I'm done. No, you got Stacy and Bob in Seattle and Dallas, and I think that is really cool, too, because it lets people expand outside of just the class or the course so they can go elsewhere as they, they need help and start to grow just outside of their own stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's good, man. You know, people should be so thankful you put this stuff together. I mean, I look for it forever. I've been part of coaching for five or six years. It's changed my life. So uh, staying on the online presence and the co coaching stuff, what are you seeing right now with all these people that you're giving game to and teaching and coaching? What do you think the biggest frustrations and hesitations are in this market specifically that you're seeing agents struggle with? Is it legion? Is it AI? Is it commitment? What What are you seeing under the hood since you've got so many folks that you're helping? Yeah, so most of my apprentices, what they're struggling with is accountability and systems, mm. right? Um, so, you know, being a team leader or running your own thing, who's holding you accountable? 
most times nobody. And so those guys are really loving that part of things. Then there's the systems part. Like we've been talking about, there's a system for everything. AI tools are coming out, this and that. And people just don't know what to use, what's sufficient enough, how to structure it, how to set it up, because they're busy and they're running their their business, but they want to expand. They want to scale. How can I do that? What can I put in place? And I need you to hold me accountable that I actually get it done. Um, a lot of them aren't really struggling selling. So it's it's not so much a lead generation for them. It's more so back end. Like I need to not be running around like a chicken with his head cut off every single day. Got it. Now, lower level, so like levels one, level two, those I would say are more lead generation. Um, and there is an obsession with lead generation right now. Right. Um, as there as there always has been. However, it's very competitive. You have everyone trying to sell you a lead. You're trying to generate a lead. You, you're trying to use this, use that, the easy way, throw money at it. And there's there's so much crowdedness going on with the lead generation. Yeah. And and to be honest, a lot of the lead generation stuff that I teach them and, and tell them about is stuff that you've taught me or we've learned from other places yeah. where it's like, hey, it's those different levels, that ABC lead. <laughs> and that's been some of the best life-changing and business-changing things for me. I'm a lot on social media. I put a lot on social media, but anyone in Power Unit will tell you that we focus on social media like 10% of the time Yeah, um, because it's very unpredictable. But there are ways that we can lead generate that we can get instant results, even if it's a cold call, right? right? That's a form of prospecting. Um, there are things that we focus on that get them quicker results that'll give you the time and the money and the energy to be able to do the social media and all yeah. of that because you're not so stressed out of, I hope I get a lead or I just did this 10 minute video and nobody's called me. You know, that's not the way you want to run your business. And so, right. yeah. That's good, man. You got, I mean, you just have a deep playbook for everybody no matter what. I think that's good that you keep them committed. Holding them accountable is big. I mean, we all know how to go get in shape, but no one's holding you accountable to do the sit-ups and put down the hamburger. I mean, that's where really the rubber meets the road. I think that's good that you've got that inside the huddle. Uh, I think it's also good, too. You know, when you're talking to somebody else, I always tell people when they're doing a buddy system or getting coached, you know, get someone else. You get good game off the coaching game, but you leave, it's easy to drift. If you find somebody else in the community but say, hey, I'll meet you at the gym at 6 p.m., it's hard to walk away when you're supposed to meet somebody. And so, you know, breeding in the accountability within the program is important because it gets people where they're supposed to be, which is learn it, but also do it. But having somebody there, kind of like a personal trainer to hold you accountable is good. Um, that's really where you get the traction on folks. I like that. Um, just so people know, before we get out of here, you're doing this coaching, everything else, you still do personal production though, right? You still let people want to buy, sell, talk about all that. How do you weave the coaching stuff in personal production? Are you taking only a certain amount of clients? Do you have a team that's helping? Because I don't want people to think you're just a coach. I know you as a friend, decade plus, you do do it all. Um, obviously, you're scaling into somebody other than just doing day-to-day -day stuff on the pr pr production. But talk about people that want to buy, sell, or lease. What does that look like and what are you doing now? Yeah, sure. So I definitely still do a bunch of real estate. I mean, I have a couple homes on the market right now, nice. a couple things under contract. The only way that that's possible for me, though, is by leveraging, leveraging my business the way that I have. Sure. I have an incredible team, personal team around me, and I have an incredible network of agents around the country. Right, that that keeps the production going. That that keeps the numbers up there. Um, but my team and the people who work alongside me, who work with the clients, they work like I work. Right. This my my actual real estate production operation isn't what it used to be. Where I was just accepting an agent to be on the team, and I was training them and this and that. Um, just because they wanted to be in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I have the programs for now. Right. But now it's who really excelled and who wants to work the way that I want to work. Yeah. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a client. I just put his, he called me up, past client, and he was like, hey, I have my a house that I want to sell, 
right? One of his investment properties that I want to sell. So I was talking to him and I was like, okay, I'm going to have my assistant reach out to you. He's going to take care of this, this, this. And the client goes, uh, Jason, I mean, can you just work this one for me? You know, I know your assistants in the past, like they haven't been the best. And he wasn't lying. Sure. He wasn't lying. I mean, because back then I was I was getting assistance because like I, I needed help and I was more so being reactive in who yeah. I let help me. Yeah. And they didn't have that same passion and drive. And I told him, I was like, yes, I will be very involved, but I'm going to bring him to every meeting for the first couple of meetings because I want you to meet him. He is absolutely different from anybody who has been my assistant before, and he's on it. And over that, over those first couple of meetings, right. guess, guess what? I've been able to remove myself because he can see. So it took me a while to get to that point, though. I had to figure out what I didn't like, what wasn't serving me, mm-hmm. what corners were being cut, what, like, it took me a while, and it, it took people breaking my heart. It took me not trusting people and me trusting people too much. It took a while to get to the point where I am right now, but where I am right now allows me to have a much better experience for the clients, mm-hmm. um, and they all appreciate it so much better. And it's constantly a work in progress, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's constantly oh, yeah. a work in progress, but you're doing the number one thing that you have to do to get there, which is staying committed. And that's yeah. what I want people. It's not an overnight success. It may be a year, maybe five or ten, but the mindset is always a work in progress, not always better, sometimes different. But every day, wake up fully committed, feet on the ground, let's roll. Eventually, you get to this place and beyond. Um, dude, super impressive. Before we get out of here, if somebody wants to connect with you, buy, sell, or lease, wants to be coached, get a course and all this, drop your handles. Where can they find you? What's the best way to connect with you? Sure. You can connect with me on any platform. Handle is Chasten J. Miles, C-H-A-S-T-I-N, then the letter J, then M-I-L-E-S. Or you can just go to my website, ChastenJMiles.com. You'll see it all there. And yeah, I'd love to help any way that I can. Dude, it's incredible. I appreciate you helping me. Uh, thanks for being a friend. This journey's been amazing. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go get some AI and some video in my game to make it better and, ma- and make it all happen. Uh, friendly reminder for you guys, we're on every platform, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TV, all that fun stuff. Like, comment, subscribe, share. We appreciate all the love. Until next time, stay tuned.